Hello, and welcome to Minding the Forest, a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association. I'm your host, Jeff Zarang. In Minding the Forest, we'll talk about sustainable forestry, how important forests are to Louisiana and its economy, as well as issues in the forest products industry, and how forests benefit everyone. In this episode of Minding the Forest, we're talking to LFA Executive Director Buck Vandersteen, who also monitors sessions of the Louisiana Legislature and looks out for potential action that could affect the forest products industry. The session opens April 12th. Buck Vandersteen, the Executive Director of the Louisiana Forestry Association, also is the lobbyist for the LFA. Today, we're talking about what's going on in the legislature. It's going to start April 12th. That is correct, Jeff. Uh, April 12th begins the uh, legislative session. It's a shortened session because it is a what they call a fiscal session. That means that they can look at taxes, uh, uh, money issues. So it's something to be very careful and watchful. What are the principal things that are coming up when we look at the spectrum of landowners, loggers, and manufacturers? I mean, we have a we have to look out for all three of those. That, that's right. And and uh, early on, leading up to this legislative session, we've heard of some uh, tax proposals that uh, would have affected uh, road use taxes, land taxes, and uh, uh, early discussions on those proposals have, have really set them aside. Some of that reason is because uh, there's federal money coming into the state tune, to the tune of billions of dollars. And uh, uh, people are, are just not willing yet to raise taxes unless they really see uh, a good reason to do so. I think that was one of the things we had talked about earlier. Last week, we found out that Jack McFarland, state representative from Winfield, also a master logger, past president of the Louisiana Logging Council, he is not supporting a possible fuel tax yeah. because that, of that was one of his bills and he just he just said now is not the right time uh, to do that we also had uh, some uh, proposals that were circulated not really introduced as a pre-filed bill but were circulated that would have added tax to forest landowners and um, the people that uh, that were proposing this were, were looking at the low tax rate that forest land uh, has in the in the state <clears throat> and the reason for that is that land is taxed on its ability to produce a crop of trees you can have a forest land right in the middle of a major city with all high-valued real estate around it and that land is still taxed on its ability to produce a crop of trees uh, one of the proposals uh, uh, that was circulated said well, because landowners pay very little tax, we ought to increase their their tax to, to pay for roads. Well, we don't realize that uh, that landowner growing those trees produces an industry that adds billions of dollars to the to the state. And without those family forest landowners out there that grow those trees, the industry would not have the wood to supply its needs. So the great news is that we were able to visit with this particular legislator, talk to him about the importance of forestry in Louisiana and how land is taxed 
and uh, he understood that, and he dropped his his proposal. But people, and he's not alone. People look at land, forest land, and say, "Well, they're not." taxed. Uh, and there was an old saying one time, don't tax me, don't tax he, tax the man behind that tree. And if landowners aren't vigilant, they could find themselves in the bullseye of someone that looks at forest land and says, well, it's not as high taxed as if I'm a, a resident. Well, it's for a purpose that it's not taxed as high as a resident, because we would not have forest land if it was taxed as high as a resident. Neither would we have any sort of agricultural land. Isn't that taxed differently? Well, both agricultural land and forest land is taxed with a formula from the LSU Ag Center, from the Department of Agriculture and Forestry. And uh, forest land also has that third uh, input, and that's from the USDA Forest Service Forest Inventory Analysis. And the Ag Center provides information on financial returns, liquidity rates, getting real technical now, liquidity, risk rates. And uh, then you also have the Office of Forestry producing management costs. And all of those things are factored into a formula and we work with the Tax Assessors Association, with all of these agencies to come up with a rate that is the basis for timberland taxes. And then the rate times the millage rate that is approved by local uh, taxing bodies, by the public in those local areas, determines what the tax is per acre of forest land. So back to the legislature, that's a big win, being able to explain to the legislator that, yes, there are plenty of opportunities and landowners are taxed considerably. What are the other things that are coming up in the session that we need to look out for? Well, we were worried because of the the slowdown during the, the COVID years that uh, maybe we'd see budget cuts. And with all of the damage from Hurricane Laura and Delta, there's a lot of timber on the ground in Southwest Louisiana. And if the Department of Ag and Forestry, Office of Forestry personnel were cut or their budgets were cut, if a wildfire got started, it would be extremely devastating. And I emphasize extremely devastating. There's a more than 30 million tons of trees laying on the ground uh, because of those, those storms. And there are just uh, we could not afford to have the Office of Forestry firefighting crews be be cut. So um, it looks like the governor has said that he doesn't anticipate any budget cuts. So that is extremely good news for the forest community. And uh, we continue to, to move forward. One issue that is still there, and you mentioned uh, Mr. McFarland's bill on increasing taxes, and that is the condition of our rural roads and bridges, and also uh, city streets and major investments in, in the ports and in bridges across uh, the Mississippi and the Baton Rouge area. There's no doubt that there is not a need for infrastructure improvement. Not a doubt for that. But what we need to figure out is, are we using the money we have now appropriately? And then when we have spots that surface, how do we raise the money to get those, those repaired? And when you look at a state as diverse as Louisiana, most of the population is in cities 
However, most of the roads in Louisiana are in rural areas. And a lot of rural people say, well, if I raise the gas tax or diesel tax, how much of that money is going to come back into my rural roads and bridges to take care of my needs so that I can get my crop to market without going miles and miles around posted bridges because uh, of, of their repair. So there's lots of things in play there, but I know that uh, McFarland and, and many other folks that are, are working diligently on that with the Department of Transportation and Development to come up with the best solution. And I think the public, once we understand the dynamics and once we can have that trust built up that money will be spent appropriately then I think you will see some movement uh, to help with that. But, but right now, everybody is, is looking at billions of dollars coming into the state from the federal government and uh, uh, legitimate initiatives in Louisiana from Louisiana taxpayers kind of put on the back burner waiting for the federal support. Representative McFarland had said he will continue with mm -hmm. the reform side of that legislation that he's putting together. So that would include the money going or some money rather going to this sub fund that is dedicated to roads and has a rural urban split, uh, as I understand it, not to get you know too far off into the weeds. One question that I think may be on the minds of folks is if Louisiana gets this big influx of money from the federal government, are we going to be in the same situation as post storms, Katrina and Rita, where we are flush with cash, spending is happening, and then that spending turns into recurring spending? That is unsustainable with our tax base right now. Is that a chance for that to happen? You may have heard the term embarrassment of riches. And this is exactly what we're heading down that same path again. Lots of federal money coming in. If it's not appropriated correctly, uh, it will create problems down the road. We have in two years a governor that is mandated to leave. Governor John Bell Edwards will be term limited. So there will be a new candidate coming forward. One Democrat, one Republican, I'm sure. And uh, they will be faced with, okay, uh, how, do we, how do we deal with the financial situation that we're in right now because of the, the COVID stimulus that, that came through and using that money for one-time infrastructure cases would be extremely wise, putting it for general reoccurring expenses would be extremely dangerous. With the acreage tax for forest land now off the plate, what else is on the horizon that could be a problem for either landowners or loggers? Not so much on a state level, but on a, a federal level. For loggers in particular, during the COVID year, 2020, uh, loggers saw their income drop substantially from 2019. Through much hard work by all of the loggers, the American Logging Council, the Louisiana Logging Council, and others worked hard to get Congress to pass a Logger Relief Act. Uh, that was approved um, from the, the previous administration. They put $200 million into that uh, account. And um, as the administration 
move from the past to the current administration. Uh, we have a new Secretary of Agriculture, Tom Vilsack. He has been a friend to forestry, friend to, to our, our industry. And right now we're waiting on the rules that USDA will use to get that money to, uh, to needed uh, logger relief. So that's something that we're watching very carefully. We're hoping to see that money soon released and soon um, the guidelines set up. And we've, we've told loggers, uh, get your 2019 taxes ready, get your 2020 taxes ready, because I suspect that with the number of loggers out there that, that 200 million will go very, very quickly. So let's be at the front of the line. Let's get that. So that's, that's an issue that I think will be extremely helpful. The logging industry has, has seen uh, many problems with mill inventories, with COVID, with, uh, uh, because of the, the downturn in prices for the, the stumpage downturn for the prices of stumpage. They've, they've seen their uh, bottom lines uh, greatly impacted and uh, it's forcing some out of business and we cannot afford to lose the good loggers that we have in the state. Last year, there was a bill that aided the insurance for loggers and big truck oper operators, things of that nature. So is it possible we could see more legislation to give them a little bit bigger help or, or uh, more help on the horizon for the insurance? 2020 was a great year to start the process of looking at what they call tort reform or lowering insurance rates. Uh, it began the process. Uh, it takes a little while for claims to process through, for, for the underwriters to see a lowering of, of exposure or claims before you see rates reduced. But that effort is, is one facet of lowering insurance rates. And the other aspect of that is safety. And programs like team safe trucking for our logging industry, the emphasis that the each and every logger and their trucking uh, contractors have in reducing accidents and being safe on the road, we're going to see at some time the reduction of insurance rates for our, our industry. So it's it's coming, but you know, the expectation was, well, we passed this, so why don't we see a, a great uh, decrease? It just doesn't work that quickly because you've got to develop a history. You've got to, the insurance companies need to see that this is long-term, that this is not just an anomaly of, well, the we d they did tort reform and now everything's going to be a uh, bed of roses. It doesn't happen that, that easily. We've got to continue to be safe. We've got to uh, make sure that the system is doing what the law said in, in 2020. And the combination of those two, we will see insurance rates go down. Anything else in the legislature that we hadn't talked about yet? Not that I uh, can know of, but there's 144 very uh, high-thinking people, and uh, who knows what will happen when the session begins. April 12th, there's about 100 and, and uh, ooh, I'd say up maybe 200 bills that have been pre-filed. That means that legislators have already been 
thinking about bills and getting these bills ready to be introduced on April the 12th. But after April the 12th, each of them can add several more to that to that list. And legislators are never short on proposing something that we're going to have to be very careful and very vigilant over. And uh, I encourage our members and our listeners to take advantage of, of Louisiana Forestry Association's newsletter, our legislative report, and uh, things that are pertinent to our industry, our logging industry, and, and our landowning and forest industry. You don't read this often in major newspapers because major newspapers don't really understand much about what we what we do every day but yet without our industry they would be in in hard pressed shape just remember covid when people were flocking to the stores for bathroom tissue and paper towels and diapers thanks to the loggers and the industry out there for helping provide that uh, all during during those those very difficult times so we we want to uh, be sure that our industry is is there, that people understand what's going on. And when I was talking about the tax earlier, it it's a great tribute to the men and women who own the land and the and do the logging businesses that when they're asked to help, when they're asked to make a contact with their legislator, they're always willing to do that. And that is is much of the strength of the Louisiana forestry community, of people action. And, and making sure that our industry remains a large and great contributor to the Louisiana economy. And LFA members, if you would like to receive the legislative updates that are periodically released during the session, you can send an email to LFA at LAForestry.com. Tell them you'd like to be on the list to send it up and uh, we will add you to the list. And when they go out, you'll receive them. And we'll probably have a podcast or two during the session if something comes up that is particularly uh, either troublesome or, or beneficial. Buck Vanderstein, Executive Director of the Louisiana Forestry Association. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Minding the Forest, a podcast of the Louisiana Forestry Association. If you'd like to learn more about sustainable forestry, the LFA and its programs, and how you can be part of an organization that supports landowners, loggers, and wood manufacturers in the state, go to laforestry.com. And remember, at the Louisiana Forestry Association, we're minding the forest for you. Thank you.